0: I came up 31 years ago with a message, the rest of the story. I believe the Lord put this on my heart uh, because um, there is the rest of the story as far as the stories that we know in the Bible. I know that uh, I've been reading Ezekiel, super exciting book. Anyway, it's uh, in there. I noticed I've already got the the 30th something chapter, but I kept noticing, so I started highlighting it in my computer. Uh, Then you will know that I am the Lord. It's in Ezekiel 50 times, at least 50 times. Then you will know that I'm the Lord. God did something, and then after he said, I'm going, he prophesied to through the prophet, and he says, I'm going to do this. And he says, and once that is done and you see it done, then you will know that I'm God. And so uh, I truly believe that God's overriding purpose in the earth in this age is to bring people back into fellowship with himself. He's never left. Psalm 67, 1 and 2. It says this, God be merciful and gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us and among us. Sela, which means pause and calmly think of that. I need to put that on my, my sun visor when I'm driving in so I will respond accordingly. Mike, pause and calmly think of what just idiotic thing that person just did. But anyway, that your way may be known, listen, this is what he's saying, that your way may be known upon earth, your saving power, your deliverance, and your salvation among all nations. Among how many? That would include the United States. It says, God be merciful and gracious to us and cause his face to shine upon us. God wants to do something through your life so that God's ways may be known in your atmosphere. You know, there's very few people called to pulpit ministry, and uh, I just happened to be one of them. I've got a friend. Uh, he was a pastor for many, many years, and then the Lord called him to do something different. A lot of people thought he backslid, and I know he didn't. He's been a bigger blessing now than he was ever when he pastored in Denver, Colorado. And then Andrew Walmack asked him to be the CEO and run that Organization has a budget of over ninety million dollars a year, and he brings in hundred million dollars a year. And Billy Wayne is the one who makes decisions on that. That is just phenomenal. But this is what he—I had lunch with him, and he said, uh, "I said, man, Billy, you know what? You said you were going to retire. You were going to work at Andrew Womack's Ministry one day a week." That's when he was helping him out. Then they asked him to run it. Obviously, he does not work there just one day a week. But uh, he says, oh, Mike, this is easy. I said, what? He said, this is easy running this ministry. It's just a piece of cake. He said, it was much more difficult when I was a pastor. I wanted to grab his hand and say, pray for me. But anyway. (laughs) I didn't really want to hear that. But this is, I'm saying all that to say this. God will use you and your business and your retirement and your grocery shopping and your car buying. Whatever you're doing in life, God wants to flow through you in everyday life and to show the world that he is God. I don't know what that looks like to you. To my mom, who was bedridden before she passed away in 1999, it was her, everybody calling that knew her, said, would you pray for me? Pray for me to be... There was all kinds of miracles. With a phone call. What was happening? That your way may be known upon the earth. Your saving power, your deliverance, and your salvation among the nations. 31 years ago, I started preaching that message, uh, the rest of this story, and it was basically like the ten plagues of Egypt. We all know what Charlton Heston did through that. It became a famous movie, All the Ten Plagues. But if you remember before that, there was a major famine going on, and that's when Jacob and Israel... Everybody was moving to Egypt because Egypt had food. So not only were there Egyptians during that and saw the ten plagues, there were people from all of the known world living in Egypt at that time. Are you getting a picture? Everybody from every nationality, every tongue lived in Egypt or at least had relatives living there. And so everybody in Egypt saw all of those ten plagues. And everybody living there knew in the land of Goshen, where Israel was, those plagues were not coming in there. Even darkness. All of Egypt, you couldn't see your hand in front of your place, and you step into Goshen, and there's light. I mean, Star Trek can't even do that. you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's just amazing. And all of these, that was funny. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus, help us all. I'm starting to believe what my wife said. She said this probably a half a dozen times this week. You're not as funny as you think you are. (laughs) So you all have obviously been talking to her. So all of these 10 plagues were seen by every nationality. People were brought there and ended up living there. And the rest of the story is that they knew that there is a miraculous God above all gods. He made himself known. David and Goliath. David said this, and it's easy, you know, we all have learned this story, but it's easy to overread this. Just listen. I didn't give them this, this one. David says this, This day with the Lord, he's shouting this to Goliath, As he's running toward him, he says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. I mean, he just went to braided R right there. I mean, he said, I'm cutting your head off. He said what he's going to do. He says, And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines. Then he starts prophesying about the whole army of the Philistines. All of your carcasses, he says, I'm going to give... All of your carcass of the host of Philistines into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. You're going to be lunch for all the animals and the birds. And then he says this. It's real easy to overlook this. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then verse 47 says, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves, not with sword or spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So David was saying this. He says, I'm defeating you, but this, and I may go down in history as the one who did it. But what's greater than that is that God's going to make himself known. Three men in a fiery furnace. That's the rest of the story. Nebuchadnezzar. He had all the princes, all the princes, all the governors, all the captains, and all the king's counselors from the known world. Nebuchadnezzar was the major power of Babylon at that time. He had everybody of the known world. He invited them to come, and so uh, for this big party that he had, and he said that uh, when you hear the music. Everybody's got to bow down to this golden image. And you know the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar spake, and they wouldn't bow down. And he said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is Nebuchadnezzar speaking to them after they've been brought out of the fiery furnace, and there was a fourth man in the fiery furnace. And he said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him. And have changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they may not serve nor worship any god except their own god. He said, therefore, I make a decree. And the decree was a law that was put out to the known world. All of those princes and governors and kings and captains were there. They would have to take this decree back to their nation. And he said, "I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort." So the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king promoted G- David. The king promoted Daniel. When Daniel was brought in, and it was King Darius at that time. And the rest of the story is this. He said, then King Darius wrote unto all the people, nations, nations, languages that dwelled on the earth, be multiplied unto you. I make a decree. This is after the story of Daniel in the lion's den. I make a decree that every dominion of my kingdom men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. And he's steadfast forever in his kingdom that shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivers and he rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and the earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius. The point is that all of these stories that we know, the rest of the story is this. God wanted to make himself known. As I thought about that this week for 31 years ago that I preached this. And then I was reading in Ezekiel at least 50 times. And it says that God said, then you will know that I'm God. God's going to be exalted in the earth. And he's going to be exalted among the heathen. People that don't even believe in him. Even though they may not believe in him. I believe, even though I preached this 31 years, I thought, dear Lord, I thought this would have happened by now. I know there's times in all of our lives that that God makes himself known. Whether you get healed, whether a a miracle of finances, or even the birth of a child. I mean, there's there's things that happen in our lives that you know. I mean, when you see the birth of a child, I mean, you just think there's got to be a God. I don't know about you, but when I... I've seen that three times, and you just think, there's got to be a God. That's just not, can't just happen. God wants to be exalted, and he wants to make himself known. Psalms 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So that's, that's my message in a nutshell, that God, it's time for the ch- church, not the world, not the world. It's time for people who believe in Jesus. The only way to get to heaven is that you believe in Jesus, that you make him your Lord and Savior. That's the crowd I'm talking to. If you believe in Jesus, if you made him your Lord and Savior... He wants to do something supernatural in your life, first of all, that you know that he's alive and well in you. I think the majority of Christians really don't have that revelation. I believe most people, you are probably like me, believe in Jesus just so you won't go to hell. That's a good place to start, just so you know. But that is so far, far from everything that God wants for your life. And so far, far from everything that he came to this earth for. And I know that may sound terrible, but I believe if God just wanted us to go to heaven, then man, after after birth, I would be saying, let's go. How many would jump on that plane? I mean, I'd jump on that plane. But he left us here for a purpose. He left us here for a reason. Why? I believe he wants to display himself to the world that he is God still. After COVID, he's still God. After woke, he's still God. After all the ugliness that the world has been going through, he wants everybody to know, I'm still God. I'm still God. But we have to start believing and hungering for God to flow through us and use us to make himself known. To make himself known. You may say, well, who am I? Who am I? Jeremiah said, I'm too young to do this. God said, don't, 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 don't say that. David was just a teenager. Who am I? We're coming up on the holidays. And Mary said, who am I? Why did you pick me? People throughout all of history. These stories are in the Bible because you know why? God uses ordinary people. (laughs) The misfits, the down and outs, little ones, fat ones, short ones, insignificant ones. He uses people. But he's ready to use people who would say... Here am I. Choose me. I don't know how you can use me. I mean, I have been, um, the last few weeks of my life, have just been turned inside out and upside down. Because I don't feel like I have accomplished everything that God wants me to do. I don't know what that picture looks like. I don't know what that looks like. But I just know that God, if this is all that you've called me to do, I enjoy pastoring, I love pastoring, and this has been a blessing and an honor. But I believe that there's got to be a, a bigger thing to happen. And I believe part of that story is God wants the world to know that he's alive and well in Pueblo, Colorado. Amen. You know, when I was at that conference a couple weeks ago, Melly and I got there a day early in Denver, and uh, so we went to the mall at Park Meadows, and we went to that bed, bath, something. And the only reason I went in there, because I would never go into one of those places, I don't go shopping. I have no idea what size clothes i wear. I don't. Melody buys all my clothes. Somebody says, oh, man, what size? I go, I don't. He looked at me like I was kidding. I go, I'm serious. I, I have no clue. <laughs> Melody buys all my clothes. Jared dresses me in the morning. I says, is this match? I thought, <laughs> I'm being way too transparent, but my point is this. Wow. My point is this. I don't know what matches. That's why. Was what did I say before all that? What? Bed, bath, oh, Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Oh, it's Bed, Bath, and Beyond. So they had two-for-one candles. Buy one, get one free. And I was walking down there, and I said, I love candles. I'm a candle fanatic. And so I said, let's go in here. She was shocked. I said, they have buy one, get one free. She goes, "Mike." I go, I'm buying four. I'm getting four. So I went in there, and I bought four of these beautiful candles. I love the smell of them. I love, it makes me feel festive and holiday-ish. I don't know if that's a word, but anyway. So I bought these, and I'm checking out, and there was an elderly lady there who was quite nice and everything. Then there was this younger girl there, and uh, she said, give me your phone number so I can put it in. I gave her my phone number, 719. She said, oh, you're from Springs? I said, no, I'm from Pueblo. Immediately, this young girl goes, yee. And she makes this face. She makes this face like I'm from hell. And she had her face all contorted, and she said it out loud. And I just looked at her, and I went, excuse me? (laughs) If this would have been 20 years ago, there would have been a whole different story. (laughs) But uh, I may have been on the news. But anyway, I said, Pueblo's a great city. She goes, she just shook her head and made that facial expression again. She goes, I was born and raised there. Yeah, oh. So I sit there and I said, well, it's changed a lot. And it's a great city. You know, I wanted to say, let me speak to your manager. Who says to a customer, oh, I'm from here. (coughs) Who does that? I knew customer service has gone down. But it is taking a new trip, man. I'm telling you what. It's taking a new trip, customer service. No, that's not poor customer service. That's just, I don't know what that is. But I just, oh, I, then I got in the car and vented for a half hour in the car. But anyway, this is why I said, God, you saw that. I saw it. You saw it. All of the angels in heaven saw it. So I'm just saying, what are you going to do about that? You have got to prove, if nothing else, to that young girl in bed, bath, and beyond that she knows that God is alive and well in Pueblo, Colorado. Yes. I know we don't have the big things, you know, and all kinds of stuff. I know that, but I'm telling you what, God is, he's the one who's, I believe, Jesus is Lord over Pueblo, Colorado. And I don't believe there's a response in heaven that goes, Grr! God called me to Pueblo. If it was like that, I said, you called me when I was in Africa to come to Pueblo. That yuck city, you called me there. So you, 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 you got to do something. And so I've come to the conclusion God is not waiting on us to put Pueblo on the map. I mean, he is waiting on us. We are not waiting for God to put Pueblo on the map. He's waiting on you and me. Listen to me. He wants to use all of us to make Himself known where we live. And I just thought, with all of the attitude that people have, you know, I've I knew people around the world have an attitude about Pueblo, because I mean, I've been here. I wasn't born and raised here, but when I the first few months I lived here, and then I would visit other cities in Colorado. And, you know, you say, oh, where are you from? I say, Pueblo, Colorado. They go, oh. It's like you need prayer. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm blessed. Pueblo's awesome. Pueblo's great. Oh, you're delirious on top of it. So, I mean, I just just thought, I don't know about you all, but I'm just like, I'm ready now. I'm tired of all this. And I just believe that we have to believe God. Wants to make himself known. And it can't just be one church, one person, one pastor. It has to be all of us. It has to be the body of Christ in Pueblo that God starts using in your job. Coming up with unbelievable, miraculous deals. People that you know. You, how about you laying hands on somebody that's crippled? Or how about you laying hands on somebody who only has one arm? How about you laying hands on somebody that's in the wheelchair because they only have one leg and the leg grows out? I don't know about you, but that possibly can make the five o'clock news. Possibly. You say, I just don't know about that. All of these stories we read, it's impossible for three guys to get thrown in a fiery furnace and come out and not even smell like smoke. That's impossible. It's impossible for a guy to get thrown in a lion's den, hungry lions, and not get eaten. And then all the people that ratted on him get thrown in right after he does. And they're they're eaten before they even hit the ground. So many unbelievable things happen. And then people knew that there is a God. And David said, I'm killing Goliath so that the world may know there's a God in Israel. I believe we're going to hear stories, stories like that, that people know that God is alive and well in Pueblo, Colorado. But we need to start believing and get on on board. So, that's my message. Amen.